Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Dan Reichman on the line, and he's CEO over at Fungible Network, which is an asset tokenization platform. Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Adam. Thank you very much for having me. So I'm excited to get into today's topic. I mean, we're going to talk about some crypto economies, uh, stable coins, uh, crypto trading. I'm excited to get into this with you. But before we go down that line, let's learn a little bit more about Fungible Network. Tell us a little bit more about the about business, please. Sure, Adam. Thanks for asking this question. Um, when I started looking at crypto originally, what struck me that it's really not necessarily currency per se. It's really just a digital certificate. To me, crypto is, if you will, an ETF 2.0. It's the digital certificate that can represent essentially any asset or any basket of assets. Fungible Network is designed to create these tokens that represent real-world assets with real-time creation and redemption of these tokens. Wow, that makes – I've never heard anybody else call it ETF 2.0. And when you say it like that, I mean, what is an ETF? It's a basket of, um, of, of other um, products. We'll just say products. I mean, it could be, it could be a number of different things, um, whether it's notes, whether it's, uh, whether it's um, stock, whether it's something else. So really it's just a label. So I, I, I love your, um, your, uh, your um, kind of how you correlated that. I never thought about that, ETF 2.0. Um, so exactly. in it, it makes perfect sense. So, what are the right type of um, like what are the type of clients that Fungible Network works with? Like, what would be the ideal client type? So, if you step back for a second, and if you look at the evolution of the mobile phone, U.S. was not on the forefront of that evolution, even though mobile phones were invented by Motorola. And the reason being that we had a very strong landline network. You can move mm -hmm. to a new apartment, call the phone company, and next day you would have a phone, right, local mm -hmm. uh, uh, in your house. So same kind of thing with the financial markets. In the U.S., we have a very well-developed regulated financial market. But if you live in China, if you live in Russia, if you live in Venezuela, for instance, and you want to buy quality financial assets, something as simple as Apple stocks or maybe gold, it's very difficult for you because you have to go through local brokers. Your government may, may get involved. So you're in trouble, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. why we see as a first wave of fungible customers, really people coming from the developing world looking for crypto representing traditional assets. Mm. So let's um, – I think that's a great transition. Let's get into uh, crypto economies, um, stable coins, crypto trading. I mean, where do you want to start with that one? Um, look, if we look at the crypto economy, let's talk about what Bitcoin was designed to do and uh, where it's going, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm sure everybody knows about the Bitcoin Standard, which is a very good book that Taifa Dean Amos wrote. And he talks about how soft money with inflation, money is being devalued, right, every day. Dollars being devalued, all other currencies are being devalued. So Bitcoin is really represents a digital gold, if you will. It's the currency where we know exactly how many new coins are issued every day. It's programmatic. It's completely transparent. 
it's easy to understand what the value of that Bitcoin should be. So I think from the crypto economy, there are companies that are developing payment systems, money transfer systems that will utilize crypto. And I think that economy will only grow over time because more and more people understand how traditional currency is being devalued every day. Let's talk a little bit more about the trading component of it. Sure. Um, so, so and, the, and the technology behind that. Right. What, um, so, look, uh, there are a number of different, quote-unquote, exchanges that the mm-hmm. people can go and trade cryptocurrency. The problem is they don't follow traditional exchange infrastructure. Normally, you have your assets sitting with a custodian, and then you go on the exchange, and you place your orders, and your orders are matched. Effectively, exchange does nothing but match buyers and sellers and then report those transactions to the custodian. And I think that type of structure has to develop in the crypto world where institutional investors can enter the market and keep their assets safely with the custodians and then trade on whatever exchanges they want and have the exchange report the trade back to the custodian. Yeah, I see um, now that more and more institutional money is getting into digitized assets. I mean, whether it's endowments, whether it's funds, whether it's corporations, or whether it's the banks themselves creating their own. I mean, there's just a lot of room for um, for for what's next is what I, the way I like to think of it because it's evolving so quickly. Um, from your vantage right. point, um, working at, at fundable at fungible network, um, what any kind of interesting trends that you've seen that you just think that, that they just excite you? I think what's exciting to me is the uh, evolution of the crypto financial markets. There are companies mm-hmm. that are developing money market like structures in crypto. So again, if you if you originally if you look at Bitcoin and why I didn't look at it as money, there was no overnight lending. There was really no um, kind of traditional currency institute around it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there are more and more people going into that market. Again, stable coins is a good example. Money market like coins, lending, borrowing, all these different features that are being developed right now in the crypto world will kind of create the complete ecosystem and we'll be able to actually call it cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about stable coins and, and where you see their value in the marketplace. Right. So stable coin, it's, it's actually a bit of an oxymoron term. It is, right? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that either. You're getting me today, Dan. That's the second one. Go ahead. <laughs> the funny thing is, there was never in history of finance was a price stable asset, right? Mm-hmm. Gold, which is a poster child for a stable asset, fluctuates mm-hmm. every day. Dollar mm-hmm. fluctuates. So the idea that we're going to create an asset with a stable price is really a very false hope, if you will. I mean, yeah. there are stable coins that represent stable assets. So dollar is a stable asset. Creating a, a, a cryptocurrency that is uh, tagged to a dollar it has, a, it has a function, right? Because people mm-hmm. trade Bitcoins against the dollar. They don't want to trade against fiat. So there has to be a crypto surrogate of U.S. dollar, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So that definitely has um, a, a function in, in the world. And we, we see representation of uh, or example of, of those uh, stable coins. But I think... What will happen and what we need 
we need a native cryptocurrency that is stable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that doesn't exist yet, but I think it will be developed over time. And so I guess right now, um, what are people using stable coins for? Like, what do you? What is the trading component? Because I because I don't think it comes it comes up enough. Most of the people right. listening to this have probably heard of Bitcoin, and and right. maybe stable coin. This is the first time they've ever heard of it. So let's go a little bit deeper on that one. So there are a lot of exchanges, crypto exchanges, where you can trade Bitcoin against the dollar, except they cannot handle fiat currency. Whether because they don't have the proper license, they don't have the proper mm-hmm. banking relationship. So they trade, they trade Bitcoin against dollar surrogate. Tether is one of the examples of that. Tether has been around for a long time, well, for at least four years or so. And if you look at daily volume, Bitcoin trades on average about 3% of its market cap on a daily basis. Tether routinely trades over 100% of its market cap because, again, it's not trading for its own value. It's traded as a one leg of the, of the currency transaction, of the pair in the currency transaction, right? You always, let's say you buy mm-hmm. Bitcoin, you sell Tether, or you sell Bitcoin, you have to buy Tether back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one very uh, simple but very kind of needed uh, uh, function for the stable coin. Another uh, uh, requirement or another need for stablecoin is if you want to send money somewhere and you don't want to deal with, let's say, 5 or 10% fluctuation of the cryptocurrency. So you and I may have a transaction in dollars, but if I pay you in Bitcoin and it takes 60 minutes for that transaction to settle, in that 60-minute window, Bitcoin can go down 5% and either you or me have to bear that risk, mm-hmm. right? So doing the same transaction in stable coins that where each coin equals, let's say, $1, it removes that risk, yet we maintain or retain the cryptocurrency uh, transferability. No, make, makes perfect sense. Um, so, Dan, I can talk to you about this all day long, <laughs> but, we're, but we're about out of time. Um, if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn sure. more about a fungible network, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can go to fungible.network and register and, uh, you know, send us an email. My email is dan at fungible.network. Uh, I'm also on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, they can find me there. Fantastic. Well, hey, Dan, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Um, great work you're doing over there at Fungible Network. So excited to why well, I'm, I'm glad to have smart guys like you working on these problems and, <laughs> uh, and advancing uh, the, um, um, I'd say, challenges for all of us because I think we all benefit with what's going on, in my opinion, long term. It's going to be really good to see it all kind of unfold. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. Hope you enjoyed listening. We enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Money, definitely subscribe there and leave us some comments. Let us know what you're working on. I'd love to keep the conversation going there. And Dan, thanks again for coming on the show.